0: Welcome to JD Inspo Podcast. I am your host, Janae Dempsey. JD and Podcast is a safe space for women all around to come together to be inspired, motivated, and uplifted. Most importantly, we will talk about self-care, self-love, and many ways you can elevate to the highest version of yourself. So sit back, relax, and tune in. Hello, you guys. Welcome to season two, episode nine of JDNSPO Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time, be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram, JDNSPO underscore, to stay connected with me and to see more of what I do. Also, be sure to check out my website, jdnspo.com. My website is not just made to shop, but to also get yourself inspired. And while you're on there, when you scroll down on the homepage, be sure to put your email in and subscribe to my mailing list. I definitely would love to have another way way to connect with you guys that goes beyond social media and goes beyond a podcast episode. So today's podcast episode is titled as I'm a Survivor. I invited Candice onto this episode. Me and her both met on social media and our connection has been amazing ever since. She is a survivor of domestic violence and she's going to share her testimony and how she's helping other women who are currently going through domestic violence. So I'm just super excited to have her on this episode as it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So please, by all means, be sure to share this episode with someone else because you never know who may be going through this you never know what may be said or done in here that could be helpful to someone else in their journey and what they're going through as I would genuinely appreciate it so you guys guess what my podcast actually reached 1K listens over the weekend. When I checked analytics, I just jumped out of my chair for joy and excitement because I remember when I first started out with podcasting, I was very nervous in my journey with doing public speaking, with recording myself and thinking no one would really tune in. But to reach 1K is just something amazing to me. When it comes to numbers, I pay attention to particular numbers. I don't care for like likes and follows i care more so about reaching a certain audience with certain things and just that standing out to me that's what's most important to me so i want to thank everyone who has consistently tuned in and listened sent me ratings and feedback has shared my podcast episode onto your story or with other friends have texted them a podcast episode all of it just means a lot to me and i wish i can thank all of you individually but overall in general, I'm sending a big thank you to everyone who is listening and thank you for supporting me. I'm excited to see where my podcast and will go over the next few years. And this second season has just been amazing thus far, not just from me sharing things, but from bringing other amazing women on here with me. I have so many other amazing women that are joining me on this season. And there's going to be so many more topics and things to talk about. But I want to thank you guys so much for supporting me in my journey because my podcast, would not have grown without your help without you guys listening and tuning in and i think what's also really um meaningful to me is knowing that my podcast is also being played outside the u.s so it's really amazing what analytics shows me in terms of people that are listening the gender the age where it's being played it so all of it is just amazing and i thank you guys again so um this week is a new week i hope you guys all have an amazing week i hope you set forth with everything you want to do stay consistent to your vision and your goals i know that i've been emphasizing this on like every episode but it's so important that you make These last three months count for yourself and be really intentional with your time and the things that you want to do. Give your energy and focus to things that are most important and that are going to help you elevate to the highest version of yourself. Um, And I know it's very hard and challenging when things come up to stay committed to your goals, but if you remember your why, that's going to really give you the strength to keep going. Honestly, there have been some days where I have wanted to give up on certain things because I had so much going on, but once I remember my why for starting something, it really helps me to keep pushing forward and to keep going. So when you have a why in mind for everything that you do, it will help you to stay consistent and you won't want to give up. So always keep that in mind for yourself. So I have a quote of the day. I know last week I read a um, devotional from my book, but today I have a quote and it says, what's for you is for you and no one can take it away from you. I'll say that again. What's for you is for you and no one can take that away from you. I think that's an important and key quote because it doesn't matter who tries to throw shade at you. It doesn't matter how many challenging things may come your way. It doesn't matter what you know, which way life hits you. What's for you is for you. God has a special calling on everyone's life and no one can take away what is meant for you to have. Your name is on something and it doesn't matter how many people don't believe in it, how many people try to destroy or take it from you. What's for you is really just for you. And once you know that and you become confident in that, you will not be able to be, um, drived out by someone, you know, throwing a negative force at you to say, this is not for you and trying to take something away from you that is meant for you. So always keep that in mind. What's for you is for you and no one can take that away from you. It doesn't matter how much someone tries to destroy you or throw you down, they really cannot take what is meant for you to have and I want you to know that. So keep that in mind for yourself, all right? All right, let's dive into today's episode I'm a Survivor. all right you guys on this podcast episode i have here with me candace so candace how are you today i'm good how are you i'm doing well i can't complain so you guys me and candace actually met on instagram it's amazing how social media connection works i believe candace i uh, started following you first and i might have sent you a personal message i believe and i believe ever since then our connection has been uh fairly strong so um later in this podcast episode Candice is going to dive into everything that she does but first starting off i want to thank you so much for joining us on this podcast episode um i truly appreciate it and you taking time out your day to kind of just connect and talk with us today
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for asking me. Um like you said, you, you I think I think you're right. You did reach out um mm-hmm. through a personal message after following me and I have enjoyed being connected to you, following you and just being a part of what it is that you're doing. So
0: Yes, it's been it's been super awesome. And so tell us a little bit um about yourself and where you're from.
1: Um so I am originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, and I am currently living in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been here for about a year. So, um, yeah, it's been a huge transition for me and my children, but we are uh, making it happen and it really has been great. And it's, you know, it's been a blessing.
0: Nice. So, um, I guess I want to ask you next. How have you been making out during this whole pandemic? I know that you know everyone had plans for 2020 and things kind of got shifted. Mm-hmm. So, just tell us a little <laughs> bit how you are making out with everything between work, other commitments, and things with your kids.
1: Who? Okay. So, <laughs> the pandemic really did throw like a uh, it threw a a ha ha in my entire plan. Um, You know, like I said, I'm new to the Atlanta area. So I thought like, you know, 2020 is going to be my year for Mm -hmm. networking, getting to know people, just kind of building up uh, my business and, you know, making friends because I don't have a whole lot of people here. Mm -hmm. Um, And with everything being shut down, I've been limited um, on being able to do those things. However, Mm -hmm. this pandemic has been such a blessing um, Mm -hmm. to my life. Um, because one it has caused me and my children to really grow together we we are so much closer um, than we were before and I have a teenager a 14 year old and I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember what it was like when you were a teenager but teenage years are mm-hmm. hard so, so yes <laughs> <laughs> so this has been it's been very very helpful for us um, just because we've been able to grow closer um, and then as far as you know work and school I'm actually you know Praise God. I didn't you know, lose my job during this time. I actually gained mm-hmm. an additional job. So I'm working two full time jobs right now Wow! and kind of helping the girls as they get ready to start school. They haven't exactly started yet. Um, they'll mm-hmm. start next week. But, you know, fortunately, I do have older children, so they are um, capable of doing a lot of it on their own. So hopefully it won't be too much.
0: Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, Going back off what you said, like this pandemic being a blessing, um, I think it has been a blessing in disguise for me because the thing I only think that shifted for me was my traveling plans. I had Mm -hmm. a lot of traveling plans for this year. But due to this whole pandemic, you know, that was the only thing that stopped. But one thing it didn't stop was my consistency to do everything that I'm doing now and tapping into my creative side and still being able to connect with women from all around, which has been, you know, an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this pandemic is kind of a thing where it's what you make it out to be at the end of the day. Um, You're not obligated to come out of this pandemic in a certain way, but kind of whatever, you know, works for you and is suiting to you I know in the beginning you know I just was trying to navigate and figure out okay Janae how can you still be productive and creative through this time because yeah. I didn't want to allow this pandemic to stop me from what I've been doing this is like the first year that I've actually been consistent with something and seen it through okay. so for me I feel like it's been a little bit of a distraction but it's not stopping me you know from mm-hmm. what it is that I want to do so tell us um, Candace, a little bit about the two full-time jobs that you have
1: Okay. So I'm in insurance. Um, I actually do employee benefits. um, Mm -hmm. And so um, with both agencies, I have a book of business of about 40 to 50 clients, and I manage all of the benefits that they provide to their employees. Mm
0: -hmm. And they're
1: all, they're all, you know, um, small employers. So I'm basically the the liaison between the client and, you Mm -hmm. know, the medical carriers, vision, dental, all that stuff. So it's mm-hmm. a pretty busy job but
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm getting it done. And I have like <laughs> right now right now in my my kitchen I have um two monitors set up on one side and then on the other side I oh, have wow. two other monitors and so I just bounce back and forth all day mm-hmm. long. Um mm-hmm. and like my like I told you my brain is usually spinning by now mm-hmm. but
0: mhm yeah that that's tough and then you say you have like fifty clients, so do you find so what is your form of self care between balancing out two full time jobs at the same time um
1: so i tend to um do i mean self care is kind of it's such a broad
2: term. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, But I know one of the things that I try to do um, is be intentional about my choices. And so a lot of times that may mean me telling people no, Mm -hmm. um, which is something that I haven't been good at. I'm naturally a (laughs) yes person, a people Mm -hmm. pleaser. And so during this time, especially I've had to, you know, say, no, I can't do that or no, I don't want to because I would rather be in the house or, mm-hmm. um, no, I don't want to do that because I would rather take the girls to the pool and just lay all day or, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just re- outside of like those things, just kind of reading things to keep me encouraged and to remind myself of why I am working so hard currently.
0: Oh, that totally makes sense. I think that's a thing, um, for myself that I struggle with for a while and I've tried to work through as well. Because, you know, sometimes we want to say yes to everything consistently, mm-hmm. but there are times when we have to say, okay, you really have to say no to this. Because a few people have asked me to, like, collaborate with them over these past few months. But with me having so much that I want to do and be consistent with myself, I've had to say no, not in a way to be mean, but yeah. it's just that I don't want to overextend myself, you know, and be overwhelmed and burned out from consistently saying yes. And I always... Mm-hmm. um I always well, someone taught me this, and I always kept it in the back of my mind. Is that usually when you say yes, to someone um, they're okay with it and they're happy. But if you say um, no, you can't do something. Most times, people you know will question, like, "Oh, why can't you do it?" But people are not going to question when you say yes all the time consistently. Right. So that's something I've always been keeping in the back of my mind. But I do know uh, what is most comfortable for me. If I feel like I want to say no to it, and I'm not open. To say no and if I felt like mm-hmm. yes is something I want to do and it's a commitment I want to you know do then I will say you know yes to it of course but you just have to find the balance of what works for you and what you want to say yes and no to so I totally you know get that yeah. um so what has been like with the kids being home I know that everyone has been home like getting homeschooled and things like that what will their transition be like when school starts back up I mean, they are,
1: their school district has decided that they'll be doing everything virtually at least until the beginning of the school year. Okay. So um, they will be, I I don't really know what it looks like. I don't know how the schedules will work. I have not Mm -hmm. um, gotten too many emails, but it kind of looks like they'll be doing this um, alternating schedule maybe. Okay. um, Where, you know, the first half of the day they're doing a, B, and C, and then the next half of the day they're doing something else, and then the next day it starts with whatever it's, it, it looks really weird. So I don't know, mm-hmm. I'm curious myself to see how mm-hmm. it works, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, I'm thankful because they're older, and so even um, you know, just over the summer having children who have been at home with me
2: Mm -hmm. I mean my
1: oldest she likes to stay in her room anyway she don't really like to come out Mm -hmm. it's it's the teenage phase in her so she's in her room on her macbook all day or on her cell phone and uh, my little one is like heavily addicted to video games (laughs) so she (laughs) so she she is busy with that all day. You know, obviously I try to make them go outside and we go for walks and stuff like that. Like I'll take a break in a minute mm-hmm. because my priority is my family, Of course, um, but they really don't give me too much of a problem. Like I'm not stressed out. Like a lot of the parents that I talk to are. Uh,
0: well, that's awesome. So I am a guardian to my younger sister. And, you know, when you say the teenage phase, I definitely can relate to it because she has, you know, her days. And she's just like um, your daughter as well, where she stays in her room most of the time. I'll see her like when (laughs) she wants to eat, whenever she wants to repair from shower and stuff like that. We make sure we go out sometimes so she's not just consistently in her room all day. Because um, I know here in Philadelphia, most kids are getting um, doing like virtual learning as well. And that's taking place at least until November when it starts mm-hmm. back up. So, um, you know, right now they have her doing these like AP courses and stuff that she's taking Ooh. right now. More advanced classes. Yeah. Um But, you know, I definitely get that when it comes to trying to make sure you balance out all those things and, you know, your kids definitely being a priority more than anything. So I totally do understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Candice, my next question for you is what are challenges um, that you have faced this year? Um, I think
1: the biggest the biggest challenge has been. Um, adjusting and just kind of accepting that things are the way they are. You kind of you kind of said something earlier where you you said you had a second where it was like, okay, what am I supposed to do? And I, mm-hmm. I had the same exact um I think issue. Like I I couldn't I knew what the news was saying. I knew what my job was saying. I knew mm-hmm. what everybody on social media was saying, but for whatever reason I just could not accept. <laughs> that this was mm-hmm. life it it probably took me about a month and a half into everything to say okay you know what get yourself together this is happening so what do you do now yeah um yeah. but it t- it took me a second and you know i would get on social media and see what i thought to be everybody else prospering and I'm like I just don't feel like it I don't feel like Mm -hmm. doing this because I don't feel like I should have to why is this happening this isn't this can't be real I think and I I told myself that every single day until one day it was like okay sis this is real so Mm -hmm. get up (laughs) and do something about it you know that you're at home now so invest some of that time into your business and your the things that you enjoy doing don't just go to work every day, log off and get back in the bed. That's not okay. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that was, those are the challenges that I've had so far in 2020. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the strengths have been my ability to recalibrate and refocus. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't totally lose focus or lose sight of what I had said, you know, prior to January 1st, I would mm-hmm. do. And like you, it, it was, you know, the the change was mostly about going places and stuff like that, but my yep. goals haven't changed. Um, yep. My vision board is still my vision board. And so my ability to kind of get over that initial anxiety of what was happening and just refocus on what I need to do and what I can do and being creative in that. Because yep. um, maybe I can't I can't go here to do this, but what can I do at home to... Mm-hmm. Accomplish my goal. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I I think.
0: Yeah, I definitely hear that. Um, One thing that I was thinking about while you were talking, um, because in the beginning when this first pandemic had started, there was like this quote going around. There was so much controversy going on. So it basically said, like, if you don't come out of this pandemic creative and like all these good mm-hmm. things that basically you lack time and then you know it was another quote that said you know come out of this kind of way that was most appropriate to you and I think that's what most people get caught up in sometimes is like what's mm-hmm. seen on social media like everyone's still some people are still prospering some people are still winning some people are still doing amazing things. Sometimes we compare it to ourselves and say, why am I not in this position? But like when you're a person that understands like time and seasons and that everyone Mm -hmm. moves at a different pace, it just looks differently. Um, And so so what I kept in mind to help me you know get through this pandemic the best way I knew how to it was that um, I know what my passion and purpose is and that's kind of what gives me the drive to do what I'm doing and stay consistent and mm-hmm. so I feel like it's okay when you have you know off days it's okay when you have those days where you're just not feeling like yourself it's okay when you have those days where you achieve stuff and you are a hundred percent at showing up for yourself so you know it's all about finding that balance and you know definitely not comparing ourselves to what you know, social media standards right, are or right. what everyone else is doing. Because, you know, your timing is much different than mine and my timing is much different than yours. But that doesn't mean, like, we don't have the same opportunity to win and make things happen. So Absolutely. it's definitely about... um being able to find that balance and I think a challenge for me this year when I think about it I was thinking about like um, I'm used to just like coming home and like relaxing having a nice glass of wine watching Mm -hmm. tv so to have to make my work be done at home and like find all these unique spaces for my make it feel like I'm not crammed in just at home, but trying to find like a meditation space or a place to read. Mm -hmm. And then also balancing out school, it was a lot. And I was getting frustrated at a point because I'm just like, I don't like this having to do everything from home. So I really had to get creative in my house to make like different stations for myself, because it can be overwhelming when you're like, well, for me, I'm an extrovert. So I'm used to going out and, you know, having fun. So just like being in the house all the time, I was like, wow, this is like really hard used to it but you know it's all about finding that balance and what like you know works for you at the that's, end of the right. Day. So, that's right so um yeah so um what would you say has been your biggest accomplishment this year
1: um this year I would say overcoming shame hmm. um I have walked around probably my whole life Uh, feeling ashamed about one thing or another and I think as I've gotten Mm -hmm. older throughout the years um, you know life happenings and failures Mm -hmm. or what I deem to be failures um, just kind of they've added to that shame and then I you know I got to a point before I moved to Atlanta where I knew that I was just kind of walking around with this big block of shame on my shoulders mm. and it was you know it was really to the point where it was difficult for me to speak it was difficult for me to want to be connected to people because I felt so ashamed of myself that I, mm. I thought that there was something so wrong with me that would tarnish another person mm.
2: um,
1: and so this year I have been very very intentional about speaking out on the things that have made me feel so shameful and mm-hmm. and, lo- and and finding a way to love those those parts of me, those parts of my story. Um because yep. I think they're important and what I also realized is that it none of what I've gone through has really been for me. It's been yep. for the next person who may be struggling with this or that. And so I've just been very very bold <laughs> and brave mm-hmm. in my in approaching some of the things and some of the topics that um, I necessarily didn't. I didn't win at the first time. I I failed. I dropped the ball. Um, mm-hmm. And just letting letting that be my focus point. And the more and more I've grown to, you know, the more and more I've become vocal about it, and you know whatnot. I've I've learned to love those pieces, and the shame mm-hmm. is like melting away. It it feels really good to walk around and hold my head up in a room full of people that at one point in time I couldn't even look at if we were mm-hmm. in the same room.
0: Well, I absolutely love that you seem so resilient and strong. And, you know, although I don't know all of your story and all of your journey, I can tell you're, you know, you are a very strong and resilient person. So I do admire you for that. And um, I do agree because there were parts of me that I struggled with, um, you know, because I, you know, have some things that happened to me, um, early on in the years, um, that I'm recently just getting over and forgiving myself for. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel so like now I'm at a point in my life where I feel so confident in who I am, um, that, you know, I, I used to struggle with like loving myself, accepting myself for who Mm -hmm. I was. And, um, I wouldn't always tell or share my story too much to people because I didn't want people judging me, but now I'm confident enough to share my story with others because I've gotten to this place where I'm confident to do that I it just took a while for me to overcome a lot of a lot of the challenges and things that I faced in my life Uh, because if you knew me well enough you would be like girl how did you survive this or how did you get through it and most people ask me that when I tell them my story but every time a situation happens to me I always tell myself like I'm going to come out of this situation resilient I'm going to come out of this situation strong Mm -hmm. and I know that This situation is going to be helpful to someone else. So not to say that I'm glad I've gone through certain experiences, but I'm glad that I've gone through these experiences to be helpful to someone else who's going through it, if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. So Candace, let's dive into the actual work that you do of being a personal life coach. Kind of tell us um, your story and kind of how you came to be um, a personal life coach and how did you become a domestic abuse advisor?
1: Okay. Um, so I, um, I have always, you know, those, I don't know what, the, I can't remember what they're called right now, but you know, those tests that, that they make you take um, in college where it's kind of testing out um, the type of career you should have and maybe even oh high school. Um, yeah. And so, I, you know, early on, I would always test to be kind of in the psychology field or, you know, helping social work, helping people. So I've always loved helping people. Um, And I I think a couple of years ago decided that I wanted to get, I wanted to become a certified life coach Um, Mm -hmm. because I'm always, I'm always giving somebody advice. I'm always talking somebody off of a ledge. I'm always, you know, just because that's my, personality
2: Mm -hmm. um,
1: and people really trust me in that way so a couple of years ago I went ahead and got certified um, to do it and as far as domestic abuse advisor that is kind of a title that I gave myself okay um, (laughs) because of my experience in um, domestic abuse as well as my certification as a life coach Mm -hmm. Um, I am I'm a divorced woman. And um, in my marriage, there was a lot of violence. Um, Mm -hmm. And at the time, like back, back when everything happened, or was going on, I didn't realize that that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't realize it until, you know, the big thing happened that caused, you know, me to be literally pulled away from my life um mm-hmm. i children's services got involved because of an altercation between he and I, mm-hmm. and they basically said, "Hey, if you don't leave him, we're going to take your baby away and and i at the time I was pregnant with my youngest we'll take we'll take your oldest, and once you have this little one, we'll take her too mm-hmm. and so I was forced to kind of you know make some hard decisions, and mm-hmm. um I made those decisions, and one of the things that I realized is that want you know there are the the so in social work there's so many um avenues for help but a lot of what I what I found was that Mm -hmm. after they help you so much they kind of just I don't want to say drop you but you're kind of left to figure it out on your own Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that for me if I had had somebody who was available to kind of coach me through okay, what does this look like? Why am I feeling this way? Why do I want to go back? What can I do when I start having those feelings? Mm-hmm. Um, how can how can I you know generate inco- enough income for myself? What, is, what can I do to better me and my children? Where can we mm-hmm. go? If I had somebody kind of walking me through those steps, I think I would have had a, a much quicker recovery
2: because
1: mm-hmm. um, I struggled for quite a while. It was probably like a five to six, five to seven year time frame after Mm -hmm. I'd Mm walked away Um, and so I decided okay this is something that I want to do this is something that I want to help other women with even even a woman who hasn't left yet Mm mm-hmm I can help you with that
2: because mm-hmm. I
1: know what that's like. I know what it's like to know that okay, what's happening here is not okay. But mm-hmm. I love him and I don't want to leave. And if I if this is not really this is not domestic violence because I'm fighting back. So we're mm-hmm. just two people who love each other and are fight- like I I I know all of the scenarios of it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I decided it was something that I wanted to do. Mhm
0: I love that. Well I I I I know you're definitely resilient and you know that's tough having to go through that experience and then you know being left with no choice but to say hey, I got to figure this out and you know you of course you don't want your kids taken away from you so you're going to mm-hmm. figure out any and everything you can um, do to make sure you're safe and that they're safe as well. Um, And, you know, it's tough, but it's definitely um, good for you because you can help someone who's going through this experience and say, Mm -hmm. Hey sis, I know what this experience is like. I've been in your shoes and you can give them the tools and the resources that they need to try to overcome it. And no, you can't help them make like a 100% decision of what they're going to do. Because at the end of the day, they're going to follow what they want to do regardless of how much, help you try to offer to them and that's That's the challenge when going through those things Um, and speaking from personal experience um, I was one who actually uh, watched my mom be abused for most of her life and Mm. um, I just remember like not understanding what abuse meant and thinking it was love that my mom was experiencing Um, but after physically watching my mom just be slapped around and things happening and us having to run out of the house and into the car and different things happening I knew that that wasn't a thing of love love. And so mm-hmm. um, that that was why I resented my father for most of my life. And like, even when my mom had got sick, because she died of stage for breast cancer, he still was abusive to her in a way not hitting her physically anymore, but more so emotionally, mm-hmm. um, in a way, and it bothered me in some ways. And you know, my younger self didn't have a voice at the time to speak up about it. And I think my mom was scared too as well, scared of leaving. But once I became older and in my right state of mind and knew that it it was something that wasn't right, I would speak up for my mom. And then Once after my mom passed, I guess uh, my father felt like I was a target for him to like kind of target me next because I had gone through a thing where he smacked me in my face and spit hot coffee in my face. And that was a thing where I was just like, no, I have to go because I'm not going to be your next target or think this is okay. Um, so, you know, definitely, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely one who knows, uh, who watch and, you know, and I've been a witness to that in my younger childhood. And that's why I struggled so much with, um, till this day, I don't have a relationship with my father at all, but that's where most of my anger and frustration came from. So I'm 28 right now and I carry most of that frustration up until the age of 27. So I remember Mm -hmm. everything vividly from being eight years old and I, and now I'm uh, 28, but stopping and letting all letting go of all that pain and hurt at 27. So it was like, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty, like, um, mm-hmm. tough to have to go through those situations. Um, so I guess, Candace, my next question to you is, um, how do clients get connected to you? Um, and what is the process like working with them?
1: So, um, to, well, to be honest, a lot of my clients have I'm from Instagram okay <laughs> um, it's been really really weird um, working with complete strangers and I mean obviously it's something you know when you when you start talking about domestic abuse it's mm-hmm. something that's very very personal and private-hmm um, so I would you know if I if I personally knew anybody they probably wouldn't even come to me
2: mm. um,
1: just because it's such it's such a touchy issue mm-hmm. Um But I've met most of my clients through Instagram. um, And I mean, obviously, if somebody's listening and they want to reach me, they can definitely use Instagram or Facebook, Mm -hmm. um, my email, which I can give you all of that um, to share Mm -hmm. later on. But the process really just kind of depends on what the client is in need of. Um, So my very first client, I think we worked together for eight months before Mm -hmm. she was like, okay, I think I got it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it can go anywhere from six months to a year and a half. Okay. Um, Just depending on what is needed. And I, and I'm never, I never, you know, cut a client off. I'm always open to whatever it is that the client needs. Because like I said, I didn't have um, the level of help that and support that I felt like I needed. So I always want to be that. So whenever You know, a client says they're ready to end it. I'm, I'm fine with that. And if they come back and say, okay, wait, I need more Mm -hmm. help because I've had that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm all, I'm open to it. I don't mind at all because I understand how difficult it is to one, make that decision and then stick to it. It's a, it is a journey.
0: Yep. And what do you think um, what do you offer to clients that makes it helpful for them to open up to you? Because it's tough to come to a complete stranger and share Mm -hmm. what experience you're going through without, you know, judgment and things like that. So what do you think you're offering to clients that's helpful to them to say, hey, I can definitely open open up to her. I can share this with her. She kind of gets me and she understands it.
1: Well, I think, and I I don't know, I don't know if that was on here or if that was in our private call, but I think because I'm so open Mm -hmm. um, and I I don't have an issue at all sharing any part of my story with anybody. Mm -hmm. um, I think that creates a certain level of comfort. Um, What I noticed a lot growing up is that I tended to gravitate towards people who are a little bit more transparent Mm. um and so i i picked up on that very early so i've always lived my life very open and honest and you know people people tend to gravitate towards that so i think that is something that makes people say okay i could work with her she understands she gets me Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's 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 that being vulnerable with People in order to get them to be vulnerable with you.
0: Yes, I totally understand it. And I think that's an important uh, point that you made in terms of being like honest, being authentic and your raw and honest self because that's what draws people to you in general not aside from what you do but other things in general people like Mm -hmm. that raw and honest side of people um, you know and that that's the thing that makes people kind of open up to other people because they're like hey if she's going through this experience and she's being honest about it it helps me to kind of open up and share with her my experience as well so Mm -hmm. um candace what kind of these clients work towards like is it any kind of goals you set for them or do they kind of set their own goals or what do you help them do
1: so um it I mean it kind of goes it we work hand in hand to set goals um Mm -hmm. typically I would ask you know a client what their goals are and you know as I listen to them and I we we talk more and more I kind of maybe help them to reframe um Mm -hmm. the goals and so sometimes the goal can be as simple as leaving um Mm -hmm. and that and that's a tough one I've I've had two clients that have come to me that hadn't left yet and Mm -hmm. um you know getting to the place where they would leave it's really really hard so that's kind of a goal that you can't necessarily reframe but you can just Mm kind of support and give whatever you can to help them get there if that's what they choose at the end um but then outside of that you know like I help women with um, because uh, you know, uh, financial abuse is a big one too. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just physically or emotionally. A lot of a lot of uh, partners who are abusive exert financial abuse as well. Mm-hmm. And so, I help with you know just trying to get women reestablished in their finances, trying to help them find jobs that um, they can so that they can provide help provide for their families. Um, mm-hmm. And in finding jobs, you know, just kind of doing some. Interview prep and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And so I, I help them establish whatever goals they want to, you know, have afterwards. Again, I mean, in, in life coaching, it's not really so much about the past as much as it mm-hmm. is about going forward and, and what we can do to get, you know, to where you're trying to go.
0: Nice. That makes um that makes total sense. And I like that, you know, kind of going hand in hand with goals. And I'm pretty sure that's probably the toughest one is getting them to leave because mm-hmm. for one, they're probably scared most likely to leave and yeah. they don't know the outcome. And if they're depending on this person in a financial way, it's gonna be tougher for them because they're probably thinking to themselves, so like, well, if I leave, like what am I gonna do? I don't have mm-hmm. no money, I don't have anywhere to go. So, you know, I can see where that challenge is. And like I said, coming from personal experience of watching what my mom go through. I know what it's like. So I can't say You know, although I wasn't the one being physically abused, but watching my mom go through it, I know what it's like because I watched my very own mother um, go through that experience. And I remember a point in time, I think we had gone into a shelter, we had the courts involved, DHS, Mm. everything was just involved. And me being younger, I didn't understand it at a point in time. I just knew it was something I was going through. We were consistently seeing the cops come to my house. It was just the whole thing I was going through and trying to make sense of. And I think what, like, from watching my mom go through the experience I've always told myself and you know everyone has their opinions on this but I just told myself I would never be dependent on a man and that's why I just always do for myself Mm. because watching what my mom go through uh what she went through for most of her life it kind of triggered me in some ways and um you know, so everyone's experience is different. Um, so Candice, what would you say are the strengths and challenges to doing this kind of work? Because I know sometimes it can take, you know, a mental toll on you and you need to take a break from it. But what are the strengths and challenges to it? Um, I think the strength is
1: are uh, the strength, well, one of the greatest strengths for me would probably be <sighs> Seeing someone actually complete their goal or reach Mm -hmm. the goals that we set out to reach in the beginning, Mm -hmm. Um, I I just I am me personally I'm very very strengthened by being able to say we did this. Mm -hmm. Um, You we we got through this girl like we are (laughs) we are so much better than we were six months ago when you first came in. Yeah. Um. But I think. One of the challenges is, you know, like you said, people, people are, they get comfortable in the situations that they're in and fear Mm -hmm. has such a hold on people. Yes, Yes. And so like one of the things that I really work hard at is just trying to like cut some of the fear out and. And help them to understand that there's strength, that there's so much strength in them, even though they probably can't see it because of what mm-hmm. they've experienced, what they've yep. been through. Um, but fear is, it's a really big challenge. I deal mm-hmm. with
0: that a lot. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. I remember at a point in time, because um, I'm currently in grad school now for my master's in social work. And I remember when I was in undergrad, because you know, you have to do internship if you do social work. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember my first experience of working at a shelter um, with women and families. Um, there were two particular women there. Um, and I remember the one day the girl, um, she came downstairs, she had her baby in her hand. And usually they have to do like a sign out, a check out or something whenever they leave in return but like she didn't sign out this particular day and they had left me at the front desk so mind you only there for some reason I was in charge that day and I remember watching this girl go outside I remember a black car pulling up I remember the guy getting out and she had a shoulder in her hand he yanked the stroller out of her hand started hitting her while she had the baby and mind you mm. I'm sitting here by myself so I I'm I'm like standing there but I'm like okay Janae, you have to move or do something to help this girl and um I remember like trying to call the other staff because they were in the office and they came down that was one thing and then I remember she went in her room for the rest of the day she never came out and they were trying to talk to her and say like it's because they didn't know what she was going through but for some reason the guy felt the need to just act out in front of the place Mm -hmm. and she was just like you guys don't understand what I'm going through like just leave me alone like she was just in a really bad space yeah and I was saying to them you know, let's give her space. She's probably embarrassed. Like, this is tough for her. And they were, you know, just asking like, why don't you just leave? And it's very hard to say to a person, why don't you just leave? (laughs) Yeah, You know, it's easier said than done if you don't know the severity behind everything. That's right. Uh, So that was pretty tough. And I remember talking to her like days later and, you know, I tried to give her the best advice I could. And of course, I wasn't going to tell her to just leave because that's easier said than done. But I tried to, you know, offer the best advice that I could. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was just this other woman. She was like, uh, like you said how some people go through financial abuse as well like she was just hesitant on even because this boyfriend of hers he was like the financial holder of everything and she was like you know if I go back with him and I go back and stay at his house versus being here at the shelter all he's going to do is try to hit me and all this yeah. other stuff but but I guess the whole that was there was the financial piece of it, of him just trying to control her in like this financial way. So it's pretty tough. Like because it everyone has a different story. And I'm sure you being a witness to it, it can be um, pretty tough with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly I tell people all the
1: time, like if if Children's Services had not gotten involved in my business, Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have left because Mm. I had the same fears as every other woman that I've ever talked to, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just not being able to take care of myself. Where Mm -hmm. am I going to go? Where, where can I go that he won't find me? What Mm -hmm. if, what if he finds me and then, you know, like I had, um, I don't want to be embarrassed because nobody knows that this is happening. Like there's Mm -hmm. so many different fears and concerns that a woman in that situation is dealing with. And so, Um, that That is, I'm, I, I hands down, the biggest challenge.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty tough. And I feel like everyone's experience is different. But it's good that, you know, you're able to share your story with them to help them um, and things of that nature. So my next question for you, Candice, is what do you hope uh, for women to gain from working with you from the experience of being able to work with you and share their story? Um, I think
1: my biggest hope is that um Each and every woman that I have the ability to work with or come in contact with, talk to, Mm -hmm. um, anything, I hope that she's able to gain the confidence that is needed to create the life that she desires. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that a lot of times women will settle because we don't really know our worth. You said something about dealing with low self-esteem, and I think that that's such Mm -hmm. a common thing for all of us. We Uh deal with it at some point in our lives and, you know, uh, some of us deal with it in our teenage years and we grow up from it. Some of us don't, Uh Um, you know, and we're in our twenties and our thirties and even, you know, older just dealing with the the lack of self-confidence and not believing that we're worthy, but we're so worthy to live the, the, whatever life we dream of. And so I just hope that in working with me, um, i'm able to kind of pour into a woman enough so that she her confidence is on another level where she knows that you know whatever decision i make i'm going to be okay this is the life that i want and this is what i'm going after
0: yes yes i love that um and kind of like reinstilling that power and that mm-hmm. drive within them because if you're with someone for so long and you've been going through domestic violence and all these different forms of abuse it's really hard to lose that image and that worth of self-love yes. and trying to really reinstill that into somebody you know sometimes it takes a while to get there so i'm glad that you shed that light into these women to let them know like hey you didn't lose your spark you're going through something that's temporary but i'm here to help you Mm -hmm. to get through this you know challenging time in your life because it is frustrating and it is um you know challenging um as well. So, Candace, how do you balance it out where you say, you know what, this is my work at the end of the day, and you're not taking it home, like, trying to find the balance of not letting it, you know, come into your household and trying to just leave it where it's at. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> I struggle with that. For a long
1: time, I struggle with that. Um, mm-hmm. Because naturally, it, especially something like this, you become very invested mm-hmm. in what's actually happening. Um, so, I think what i'll say is that i i don't necessarily leave it where it's Mm -hmm. at but i have found other ways to um, not let it be the focal point to focus more on my kids when i'm Mm -hmm. at home or to focus more on myself instead of sitting up you know trying to figure out what i can do to help susie um Mm -hmm. you know accomplish our goal because that's obviously that I set aside time for that. And that's Mm -hmm. what that time should be used for my, my private time shouldn't be used for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not really good at, you know, leaving it there yet, Mm -hmm. but I am, I've gotten really good at, you know, compartmentalizing and saying, okay, this is that, and I'm here right now. So I can't be focused on this. So whatever I've got to do, to kind of help myself so sometimes you know a glass of wine or Mm -hmm. um sometimes getting in the kitchen and cooking my favorite meal or sometimes you know I don't know watching my favorite tv show it'll and it's it it'll those things become escapes for me I Mm -hmm. guess um Mm -hmm. so that I'm not inundated with you know my feelings from a session or with whatever's going on with my queens.
0: mm-hmm No, that makes sense because I remember at a point in time, like when I uh, was doing children's services, and I would hear some of the toughest situation about what kids were going through, Mm -hmm. and I had a really tough time. Like when I would get home, like trying not to think about it, like, "Dad, like is that kid going to be okay when they go back to their parents?" Like so many thoughts would just like run through my mind. So I get it and I understand it. um, What it's like to just kind of not take it at home, but it's different when you personally can relate to it. And you yeah. want nothing but the best for these women and for them to come out of the situations that they're currently in. So, mm-hmm. you know, it can be pretty tough, you know, trying to find that um, balance. So I totally understand it. Um, my next question, Candice, is what advice would you offer to someone listening now that may be going through a domestic situation?
1: Ooh, oh, man, that I love this question and hate it at the same time. <laughs> um, so I would probably... Um, tell someone that first of all, the fact that you're listening to this, that means you're still breathing.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so you're still here and there's still time to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, you are not too late. There's nothing that has happened up to this point that says it's too late for you to make a different choice. Mm-hmm. Um, your life is still worth saving. And there are so many, um, like I said, so many um, organizations that are there to help you um, get out. if if and when you're ready. You know, they say the average woman goes back seven times.
2: Mm. Um,
1: I was that woman. So I, I get that too. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it all, you're worth saving. You don't have to stay. Um, there, There's so much support um, from those organizations to, you know, things like the Common Life and what we do. So mm-hmm. save you, girlfriend, please, because I can't take, I, I get so sick of hearing about death. Mm-hmm. That occur from you know domestic violence, it's not right, and it's not okay,
0: Mhm-, yeah, no, um I'm glad you offered that advice because you know we never know who is listening that may be going through this, and hopefully if someone is going through this, they can be able to connect with you so um please share uh with everyone your um i g name, your email or how they can get connected with you, Candace, okay, so um my email is the comma Life at gmail.com
1: and that's comma spelled c-o-m-m-a um my instagram is the underscore comma underscore life
0: underscore (laughs) llc
1: um and then i'm also on uh facebook as just the comma life
0: Awesome. So guys, make sure you uh, follow her, get connected with her. And if you want to reach out to her personally, if you're going through any situation, please do. So Candice, I have um, just a few more questions to end this off. Cause I want to end this off in a good bubbly way. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. So tell us about how that name, how that name was created. The comma life LLC. Tell us about the name. That Ooh. You
1: okay. So um, I have, Again, I've I've had a number of experiences. Um, domestic violence isn't the only one. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of thinking about how, you know, when bad things happen, you still have to live. It's, I mean, if you're if you're breathing, you're here mm-hmm. for a reason. And so I'm like, oh, that's like a comma in a sentence. It's just the mm-hmm. break and then you keep going. So I, I called it the comma life, you know, I'm living a life where, yeah, I might have breaks here and there, but I'm mm-hmm. continuing on towards purpose and whatever else is, there, is out there for me.
0: Nice. I love the uh, meaning behind it. Um, what kind of other exciting projects are you currently working on aside from this business?
1: Um. So. I
0: have
1: I have my hands in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um, but I am doing I'm working on a couple of books for the comma life um, nice. and not just not just about domestic violence but mm-hmm. um, you know heartbreak and you know some of my personal experiences with that. Um, I also have the podcast Commas and Combos that I'm starting. Nice. Um, then back in June, I started a podcast with a couple of my friends. It's called Okay and, and we kind of just rant and talk about whatever it is that we want to talk about, um, nice. pertaining to the culture or whatever else. Um, and then I'm also working on my t-shirt line. Yes. Um, and then <laughs> my my daughter and I, my teenager we decided that we were going to start our own um, kind of podcast brand um, to talk about the, not, well, not to really talk about, but to kind of, Give hope and encouragement to mothers of teenage girls, girl nice. moms. I love it. So um, that'll be dropping in March of next year. We're kind of working on getting everything together. She wanted to drop it on her birthday because, you know, it's her birthday. But, oh, um, yeah, in my in my family, generational cur- the, there is a generational curse of daughters and mothers not getting along. And I decided mm-hmm. um, when I found out that I was having her that I wouldn't let that be the case with her. We, we break that now. And we break that by talking about the hard stuff and and mm-hmm. figuring out ways to work through it together. So,
0: yes, that's, that's super a little awesome. bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm super excited for all that you have going on and I'll definitely be supporting it any way that I can. So that's really exciting um, you. that you have all these upcoming things. Um, so Candace, where do you see yourself in five years? If you could visualize it, where would you be?
1: Oh, girl. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, in five years, I will be remarried. Yes. Um,
1: I will be a, a great mom to amazing young adults. Um, a full time public speaker, best selling yes. author and a life coach. These are the things that I see for me. And I'm yes. manifesting for me.
0: Yes, you are. We're gonna like listen to this podcast like later on. And we're gonna Girl. Like, remember when you <laughs> said this you manifest manifested this, and Neil was like here. So that's like super awesome. Yes. Um, so my next question to you is what does woman empowerment mean to you? Ooh. Um, so per me
1: personally, um, women's empowerment has meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when it's <sighs> I think when it's done correctly, mm-hmm. um, it can be such a vehicle for self healing and yep. self development, um, and it can also it can also be a, a vehicle for healing amongst women. You know, we fight so much against mm-hmm. so many different things, mm-hmm. and I think um, you know, being able to unify and empower one another is the biggest gift that yep. God has ever given to all of us because whether we, whether we want to accept it or we like it or not, we all are made up of the same fabric. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, all, we all share so many of the same experiences. And so for me, women's empowerment has really helped to grow me. Um, As a woman, it's given me that womanly that I mean, honestly, I was connected with a a women's empowerment group. Shout out to Queenside when I was Mm -hmm. like in my in my 20s. And I Mm -hmm. think they gave me the confidence to go from being the little girl to being a woman. Um, You know, so I I think it's important. And I think there's so much healing and so much hope and so much. Development and love that happens when women decide to get together and say, Hey, girl, I got you, you got me.
0: Let's do it. Yes, I love your uh, mantra behind it. Like even me and you connecting now in this space and doing this podcast is woman empowerment. Mm-hmm. It's you and me coming together, you sharing your story and what you do, and I'm kind of piggying back off of it and sharing my experience as well. So I love that. Yes. Um and ending us off on this podcast episode, what advice would you give to someone who is scared to go after their dreams? Ooh. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay. I think I would say
1: um, to a person who's afraid of going after their dreams, that's fine. Be afraid. It's, uh-huh. it's totally okay. It's a normal emotion. It's a normal feeling. Um, feel the fear and just do it anyway. Um, yes. Don't allow anyone or anything um, or any feeling stop you from, or any thought um, stop you from doing the work that you mm-hmm. need to do in order to make your dreams happen. I mean, you're having, literally having the dreams because you're supposed to. Yeah. And so the only thing you have to do is overcome fear. And my experience has been that in overcoming fear, you overcome it by actually taking action
0: steps. Mhm. Yes, um, so just I just do you. it. <laughs> yep. Because I feel like when you take action it's actually going to help you to overcome the fear and that's what I've learned yes. with anything that I've done because once you, you know, you're driving out that fear by taking action to do it even if it's, you know, fearful to you, even if you're worried and even if you don't know the outcome of it. So I mm-hmm. do love that concept and meaning. So one more time Candace, give them your IG name and how they can stay connected with you in case they missed it a few minutes sure. ago. Sure.
1: My IG name is the underscore comma spelled C-O-M-M-A underscore life underscore L-L-C. And you can find me there. You can find me on Facebook at the comma life. And then my email is the comma life at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. So guys, make sure you stay connected with her. Reach out to her by all means if you have any questions or if you are just going through a tough time and you want to connect with her. She's kind of an open book. She's so sweet and uh, has a good heart. So please, by all means, reach out to her. So Candace, I want to thank you so much for coming on to this podcast episode today and being very transparent and open and resilient to share your story and your journey that is hopefully helpful to someone else.
1: This has been my pleasure. Thank you for asking me.
0: No problem at all. Take care and thank you.
1: You too. Talk to you later. All right.
0: Alright, you guys, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are not, be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram, jdnspoke underscore to stay connected with me. Be sure to send me ratings and feedback and share this podcast episode with others and take care until we meet again.